All right, ready? 11. Hold on. Hold on. All right, here we go. We're back again. We're still here. Here we go. Hold on. Mm. <laughs> All right. This new, uh, Capone's new thing where he has me watch a ton of videos. I tried to get him to watch one that I did, but no. Okay, you ready? Yep. Hilarious. Armpit hair doesn't bother me at all. No. Doesn't On bother a lady? me. No. So wait, you like jack ladies with armpit hair? Yeah, a little bit you of armpit hair. You're getting close, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you're, getting, you're so close. <laughs> That's as close as it gets. That's as oh close as it gets. I like a good buzz cut. <laughs> <laughs> like a girl with a big buzz cut. <laughs> For my real fans. You ready? EP 11? EP 11, dog. Here we go, bro. Here we go. Cheers. We in. Mm. Oh. All right. Mm. So? Whiskey's so good. <laughs> <laughs> liquid candy. It's so good. It's like liquid candy. It takes so many milk thistle pills. Dude, I knew this dude in sack. Sacramento? Mm-hmm. When I was early on. I think I was like I 19 this dude years old. sack. In Sacramento, mm -hmm. and he used to carry a bottle of Jose Cuervo, just a little flask size one, mm -hmm. and and a, a little bottle of the like plastic lemon, or you know the little that has juice in it, yeah. lemon juice. And he just drink it out, <laughs> spray shot. It. Gosh, damn, dude! And I'm like, God, really? He goes, mm -hmm. bro, liquid candy, liquid candy. Yeah, as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, that's a pretty good idea, though. <laughs> <laughs> Alcoholic. <laughs> Just carry it around, though. All right, what was it, what were you talking about? What was the topic about the? Uh, <clears throat> what was the last one? The the. Uh... Oh, um, oh, topics we we're going over. So, um, <clears throat> I was gonna uh, one of the topics last last one. All right. No, what was uh, it? So, do you think having expectations in a relationship is toxic? No, one before that. Is art fucking... No, not that one either. Oh, okay. Number two? Uh, what advice <laughs> would you give your 18-year-old self? In oh, that's life? a pretty good one. Go ahead. No, it's my question to you. These are my topics. You didn't come to the pod to do shit. <laughs> <laughs> can't steal my topics. My question to you. Yeah. I'll roll off you. Well, I'll bounce one back. When people say that I don't regret anything in my life because that got me where I am today or mm -hmm. that made me the person who I am today. Kind of like the butterfly effect we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh -huh. My normal re response to that in my brain mm -hmm. is... You cocky you, son of a bitch. Or makes you the person you are today. Mm -hmm. Heck, so good about you today. Mm -hmm. Like you're so great today yeah. that all your experiences made you this. Yeah. Especially when they're like fucking not doing anything. <laughs> I wouldn't be the person I am today if I didn't go through all that. Yeah, yeah you'd probably be a better person today yeah, yeah, yeah. if you <laughs> handled your <laughs> shit differently. But mm. I had been thinking about that actually, um, about things maybe I would have done differently or wish I'd known differently. Yeah. I think for me, it's money management. Money management? Not necessarily like spending everything you have and being paycheck to paycheck, but I wish at 18 years old, I knew a little bit more. I wish I would have looked ahead a little bit more yeah. and been like, gosh, if I put things in place right now, 
can you fast forward you could be 15 done. 20 years yeah you'd be done you'd by be done. time you're 30 yeah that's probably one of the instead bigger of your 60 cuz i think that's one of the things that we kind of just as a group teach kids is like hey you work until you're 65 and then you get to retire and enjoy the rest of your years but the reality of it is is if you took 15 to 20 years in the beginning you'd be done way earlier i know and if you could be done by the time you're 35 or 40 dude then you got a lot of years ahead of you and then if shit hits the fan when you're 65 you could still go to walmart and be a greeter yeah, I just think that when you're 18 years old, the perception is that you have your whole life ahead of you. So yeah. it's like, try out all these different hobbies. Try out all these different things that you want to do. Yeah. Uh, figure out what it is you want to do. Yeah. And that's definitely an aspect of it. But, and I think we talked about this before. Like, I think I would have signed up to be in the military. Mm-hmm. Knowing that if I did 20 years. Be done. 38 years old, pensions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, you got to make it through 20 years. Yeah, you're going to make it through 20 years, but yeah. you don't have to be in combat. Yeah, well. You don't yeah. have to be. There's other jobs you can do. Yeah, it just We're depends not. on. We were talking about this before, because yeah. you're like, dude, we've been in combat for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe maybe looking ahead financially a little bit more. I was a little bit of a dreamer as an 18-year-old. Like, Tell me more. Sky, Sky's the limit. Yeah. What did you think you were going to do? Rock star. Rockstar? All day long. Full, full on rock star. Mm-hmm. Not rock star, but musician. That was where I wanted, like, full boat. So I'm you just wanted to be a mediocre musician? No. I, didn't, I mean, you expect the best. So rock star. So rock star. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a douchey term. <laughs> I wanted to be a rock star. Well, not a rock star. I didn't want to be a rock star. I just wanted to make millions of dollars. Like Aaron Lewis? Who's that? From Stained? Came in, couple albums, boom, out. Then went home, wrote music on his porch. Do you see? Now uh, goes by Aaron Lewis. Smash Mouth died. The, all of them? Well, just the guy. So Smash Mouth has had many members. Oh, okay. I don't know but anything. They have ab- one main guy. Yeah, I don't well, know very much about him. Yeah. Well, you know the song. Somebody once told me the world was gonna roll me. Some. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had to sing in my head. Okay, yeah. Oh, not a big deal then. Mm. Dude, everybody dies. Like, I think you said this the other day. I can't give a shit about every person that dies. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, you said it. <laughs> I don't remember saying that. But you know what? It's wild because uh, maybe slightly tying into, like, being 18 years old. One thing I wasn't really prepared for mm-hmm. was when people that you were uh, <coughs> growing up, either actors, musicians, whoever it is, people you look up to that aren't actually people in your life, they all start dying. They're all dying right yeah. now. Watching all these guys die. That's yeah, pretty trippy. When you're young, you don't even think anything about it at all. Mm-hmm. As you get older, you're like, oh. But you grow up with your parents talking about people that they grew up dying. Like, oh, did you hear about this guy dying? Kind of, but I didn't even really... I didn't grow up with that a ton. That's what I mean? Oh, you didn't? No, not really. Your parents didn't care? I don't think they had... They weren't the type to look at celebrities Mm. or or big personalities and really give a crap about 
about what they think. But like, and I think the first time was when Kobe died. It's like, whoa, that's weird to feel any emotion about a human you've never met. Yeah. But then as we're getting older, I'm like, huh, these guys are dropping like flies. Who's the guy, Ray, uh, Ray Lada? The guy from... Uh, Ray Leota? Leota, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when he died, mm-hmm. I was like, gosh, this is a guy that I don't... I forgot even... that he died. But he's a guy that was just like in so many movies that I watched, mm-hmm. but never like a guy you ever follow. Right, right. But then once he was dead, you're like, oh, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. Dude's dead. Isn't it kind of crazy that they live on, though? Like, I can go put on Ray Leota oh. right now. And it's like he's still alive. Well, I was just watching... To the, me. And, well, because he didn't die that long ago. I was just watching the show on Netflix. God, what was it called? I can't remember. But it was about a dude that uh, they put him in prison so he could get intel on another guy in prison. Uh, basically, he was the snitch. Mm-hmm. They put him in prison to be a snitch. And Ray Liotta was uh, the father. Was so old looking. Yeah, it yeah. just barely came out on Apple TV. Hmm. And but I remember Apple old TV movies. On Netflix. I said Netflix the first time, huh? Yeah. It was on Apple TV. Okay. But that was one thing I wasn't really uh, prepared for. It was like that's crazy. All these people, yeah. like when Sylvester Stallone dies. Oh, I'm gonna be so bummed when he dies. I feel like the dude's never gonna die. You know what's crazy too <clears throat> is I feel like the ones that are just going crazy and, like, partying all the time and, like, they've been partying since they were fucking young, since I can remember. They live forever? Yeah. Like, Rick Flair? Never heard of him. The Wrestler? Woo! Can you smell? No. What the no, rock no. is cooking? No. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Rick Flair. Hulk Hogan? Alive and well? Just on Rogan? Yeah, dude. Just fucking. That's pump, all you got, Ric Flair? Pumping the roids, fucking drinking, fucking doing everything. Dude, these guys are just kicking it. Still doing the same thing, too. I, I just saw Ric Flair on a podcast the other day, and he was talking about how, you know, he was in, uh, went to uh, rehab for, like, drinking. How old is he? Now? Who is he? WWF? White hair? Ric Flair? Mm mm. If you don't know, you don't know. I, I, I'm naming somebody you don't know. How is it that we're good friends, we're such good friends, and we don't know the other people's people? Well, Ric Flair is wrestling. I don't watch wrestling. I just said wrestling. Yeah. I know. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just I yeah. said wrestling. I said he's wrestling. I don't really know wrestlers. You never watched wrestling growing up? Mm-mm. Never. Never. You were into wrestling knowing that it was fake? I didn't know it was fake when I was little. Really? I stopped watching it once I realized it was fake. Oh, I knew it was fake from the very beginning. You never watched it? Well, the first time I've seen it, I know of it. When did you watch your first wrestling match? Maybe 10? Well, yeah. That's probably when I stopped watching it. Listen, I had real strict rules as a kid. We could be watching anything we wanted. Such violent, bro. Yeah, dude. I try. I tried to uh, show Avery <clears throat> and Jewel um, RoboCop, the original, because the new one came out. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, "Oh, the original one's on here too." Click it on. It was violent. Rated I was like, R. I watched this when I was your age. Avery's four. Avery's six. But when he watched it, he yeah, was probably, probably four. four. Yeah, that's when I probably watched it too. I was like, "Dude, this is one of my favorite movies when I was a kid." 
click it on. We're like watching it. All of a sudden, just blowing this dude's limbs off. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> what is going on? Well, it's that time again. Blind reactions. Mm. Now, I found this fits right here. Grab. You lean it up against the toy. Grab. It's not a toy. Grab. Yeah. There we go. All right. Anything you can do to cover up my Hulk. I think your drink's in the way. All right. I think your drink's in the way. I think your drink's in the way. Hey. Uh. All right. Blind reaction. You watching my video? No, blind reaction. You didn't well, say the blind reaction. I always gotta watch videos. Because this is your segment. Jamie's blind reactions. Just didn't have enough space on the paper. You have to pick the guy with, like, no emotion in his face to blind reaction it? We want to hear your opinion. My opinion? Oh. I don't do hate. I don't do vengeance. Um, I find if, if I am going towards something like this. Towards hate? Uh, or just a darker I'd emotion. forever, dude. I always know it's something going on with me. I either, I'm not saying what I'm feeling. I either agreed to something I don't want to do or I'm scared. Huh. How did you expel hate from your, from your core? Like it all, like how did you just know how to turn it off or get it out? I took some mushrooms, figured out who I was or at least what I was sitting on. And then I sort of got sober and confronted it. And then, uh, you know, I, talk to people about some things and that I couldn't talk to people about. I just sort of put it to bed. I think having kids and being a, a husband and shit, and it's just like, why should these people pay for my childhood? Interesting. It's not, it's not their fault. So uh, my job is to, uh, yeah, it ends with me. There you go. Hmm. It's like a, pers- a lot of personal responsibility, right? Putting a lot, a lot on yourself, which I, I, I think that's like the new, I don't want to call it fad, but that's the new thing that's going around. So take, I have a, I have take a responsibility. So I have a problem um, with not taking responsibility, but I think a lot of people are, are saying like, hey, if you want to change yourself, it's like within you. You have to change yourself and you have to figure it out and you have to take responsibility for what you're doing. Which is, is is accurate. I feel it's it's accurate, but it also runs along the line. Like I've seen so many videos with so many people saying the same thing, and sometimes I get kind of irritated with all of this regurgitated fucking shit that just what do you like, mean? everybody just takes it and then says the same thing. It's like, hey, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I need to take responsibility. I need to, but I need to identify. And I also need to put responsibility where responsibility matters. Like, I think that's the thing that people are missing nowadays is they're, they're saying it's all within yourself to fix yourself. I agree with that, but there's a second step to that. And I think it's putting responsibility where the responsibility should responsibility should lie also, because if people fucked you over, they should be responsible for that. And you should understand that internally and put responsibility where it lies and cut that person out. It's not about, hey, I shouldn't have let them fuck me over. Oh, I did wrong by doing that. It's like, no, you're a fucking piece of shit. You fucked me over. My responsibility now is to just remove you from my life. But he had a little different take, though, because he was kind of making it personal. 
to himself. Like, hey, I had my own stuff in the basement that I had right. to figure out. Right. What caught me in that video was the line where he talked about his kids. Yeah. And I was actually curious about what you thought about that. Because he was saying that your perspective changes. Mm-hmm. So there was stuff that when he had kids, maybe he just either let it go yeah. or realized maybe it was small 100%. potatoes. Yeah. Well, you, you you tend to let certain things go and your certain feelings go um, based off of, like, your kids, right? Because, like I said, you know, I've said it on the pod before, uh, me and my mom had a pretty rocky relationship over the last, well, we had a, a non-existent relationship over the last eight years, ten years. Um, and being able to put some of those things aside, you kind of... So one, you kind of take responsibility for yourself, my actions, what was I doing in those times beforehand, whatever, yada, yada, yada. What what was that person's um, things that they've done in that time that um, made me feel a certain way, right? At the end of the day, with kids, it's a little bit different. Um, One, she never did anything to my kids. Um, She never had a relationship with my kids. Is it fair of me to say, you don't get to have a relationship with my kids? I can say that, but is that my kid's choice? No. So, no, it's, it's just being more, yeah, you put things to bed. You just take, you take responsibility for your own actions. You, you put yourself in a situation where, me personally, I put myself in a situation where I understand what's happened in the past. I understand the things that I've done. I understand the things that other people have done. And if it's a certain situation where the things that the other person's done are are not necessarily forgivable or I don't think that that person has healed themselves or changed enough, then that's where my responsibility lies is to see that and not allow that behavior to continue to happen in my life. Does that make sense? Yeah, but he's also talking about the internal part of har- harboring hate is yeah. how we started. He goes, yeah. hey, I'm not going to be that guy anymore. Yeah. And you don't have to hate people. But if but he already crossed the line mm-hmm. into that. Yeah. Well, I, I have too, yeah. I thought it was a really good question that, that Harlan Williams asked. He goes, how do you how'd you get it out of the basement? Yeah. What do you do when it is in there? Yeah. I think that's a, it's a fascinating question because everybody has a little bit different way they roll. Yeah. I took shrooms too. Well, the uh, that, that that didn't actually help with the hate, though. Maybe I don't know. Well, maybe I don't know. Yeah, actually. the whole the whole uh, microdosing and shrimps thing is so. It's not so new. I mean, it's probably been going on for how long? You think forever? Yeah, forever for sure. All the it's, way back it's to now. It's like a new fad. Yeah. yeah, I guess. I mean, when did the fad start? Maybe six or seven years ago. Yeah, probably. And then mainstream probably over the maybe last, since COVID. The last three years, yeah. yeah. People are just sitting in their house, going fucking nuts, six mushrooms. But it's not. But you had said before you're not taking. I mean, you're taking mushrooms, but it's it's to get your. You're not trying yeah. to go. I'm not to the trying moon. to trip out or or see things or anything like that. Um, I when I researched it. I was looking at it as uh, a lot of things that I found is they were saying that it it can help reconnect like receptors in your brain um, that may have been kind of cut off and allows you to kind of see things more fully and kind of not access more of your brain, but just access probably maybe a little bit more of your like your your emotion and and the way that you 
the way that you kind of deal with those emotions a little bit. And yeah, but that's what Burr says. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what he's saying. He doesn't go into it, but he goes, I took some mushrooms and tried to figure out who I was. I am so clueless on this topic mm-hmm. because I have never had any interest in any psychedelic stuff. Yeah. And so, I don't know, to move towards that direction that it could be a helpful. I understand that people are saying it's helpful. Mm-hmm. So I can I can accept that. I just can't connect the dots. Because I don't have enough understanding about that substance. Um, like I've read neuropathways and mm-hmm. trying to reset your brain waves and stuff like that. Like I know that's what everybody's saying. And I've even seen – I mean I understand that it even goes to the point of like, hey, we're going to completely get you uh, – what would be the word? Intoxicated or <laughs> on mushrooms. But <laughs> I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> high. <laughs> But you lay down on a, a bed, and you have a legit psychologist there that's mm. walking you through. Yeah, and I think that's a little bit deeper than just your microdosing. Is I think it? That's a, I think that's a full trip. Like that's a that's a full full on dose of mushrooms that you're walking through. But they're making an effort, so they're going, "Hey, I'm going to take this this drug. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lay down on this bed, yeah. and this guy's going to walk me through." Right, right. Getting back to where my trauma started, yeah. living in that, and then building a way out of that. Yeah, and from what I read, that's typically dealt with like more like um, bigger traumas. Like you, you have some some pretty deep trauma like in your life that people are trying to get through and work through. Like most of what I read, like with people just microdosing, like on their own, because microdosing isn't going to get you high. It's not going to make you feel. Um, any anything really different it didn't make me really feel any different um well it did initially because i was trying to work out the doses but um it's not meant to get you high yeah, get the shit out of here. oh you're gonna wrinkle it sam's gonna have to write another one <laughs> um so i think the 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 micro dosing isn't there to get you to that state of kind of like euphoria or or a different state of mind it's mostly just there to kind of enhance your ability to like feel things you know when you want feelings yeah but the part i'm not able to grasp is like okay let's say you are microdosing. Mm -hmm. what is causing those neural pathways to change if you're not if you're just taking it and then watching a movie and then going to sleep Mm -hmm. you know that's not how you're supposed to do it what do you do? You're supposed to sit there and think your way out of it? When you're microdose? Mm-hmm. No, you're supposed to go along uh, through your regular day. So you're supposed to take it and then go through your regular day. You're not supposed to take oh. Okay, there's a lot of ways that you can take this and a lot of ways people say you should take this. The The most common way that I found to microdose is you take it in the morning and then go throughout your natural day. You're able and, to drive, have conversations. Right, because it's not getting you high. You're not going into like state of euphoria or anything like that. But what I did notice was um, when I was microdosing, I would I would start to, and I, I want to say feel, but you would start to like understand and like kind of like feel more things. Like I was able to be more present with my kids. I enjoyed things more. Like when I was cooking, I was like, oh man. And it's not past tense like it's still like it's carried over it's still there it's like man like i I enjoyed cooking more 
I, I enjoyed watching, you know, a movie with Avery more. I enjoyed playing toys with him more. I when I was outside, like I was like, man, like you forget sometimes we do so many things in just just because it's our pattern that you don't actually like just enjoy some of the things when you walk outside and it's a sunny day when's the last time you walked outside the first thing you did when you walked outside was look around and be like dude this is a beautiful day so then it's not designed to help you get through trauma from the past it's not microdosing yeah it's designed to the second you take it moving forward maybe you appreciate life better yeah you're just starting to it's kind of like starting to remember to appreciate all of those little things that you just kind of do on autopilot nowadays because we do so many things on autopilot nowadays you know what i mean it's just you get up you give the kids a bath you brush your teeth you get breakfast you drive to school like you do all this stuff and it's just autopilot dude and and when I was doing it, and it's still carried over, I'm actually probably coming due for my second round again, but um, or my third round, I can't remember. But it carries over, so it's not just like just while you're on it. Um, it's just you kind of notice those things. Like I remember, like walking outside and be like, "Dude, it's so nice outside." Like, it, it, yeah, it's weird. Seems gay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, cool. <laughs> you appreciate your life. Yeah, you appreciate life. Doesn't Just help you in through general. anything. Yeah, but what do you mean? That does help you through a lot of things, especially can... for a lot of people that aren't aren't appreciating their life, current life, and mm. yeah, dude. Yeah. Meh. I'm gonna I'm gonna drug you. I thought it was designed to help you get through something from the past that was it holding can. you back. Yeah. But if it's just enjoying your life, that's what every stoner says. <laughs> no, it's different. I appreciate I, food more. You know, I like movies no, better. Because I smoke weed too. But in that in that time period that you're that you're stoned, it, it's like okay, yeah, I might enjoy food more while I'm doing this, or I might enjoy this movie more because I'm getting intense on it. But then, as soon as that's over, a couple hours later, it's like mm, back to normal. Well, how long does microdosing last? I don't know. Over the last six months, I've done it twice, and it stayed pretty much steady the whole time. I mean, I mean, the whole day, eight hours or twelve hours or what is that? Oh, so you do it every other day for? Um, I did it every other day for a week, or basically a week's worth, so seven days worth every other day, so fourteen days, two weeks, right? And then you're off. And you do, I think you wait like uh, two months or something like that and do another 14 days. And then that's that's what I've done. So the no, point it's is, been longer than that. It's two two months. I don't, I don't know. So the whole point is to feel better moving forward. For microdosing, yeah. So what you're talking about and what I'm talking about are different. Microdosing is different from what you're talking about is those sessions with like a therapist to get through like trauma. What do you think that Bill Burr was talking about? I think he went through like a, a trauma session. Like a real yeah, yeah. go hard. Right, right. Because do you, you notice how he said, I did shrooms. Mm-hmm. He didn't say I microdosed for a while. So right. I did shrooms. So he went through like a full session of like, hey, there's some unhealed trauma here that I got to I gotta clear out and I got to do that. So I think that's what he went through. I think that's what he's talking about. I think there's a ton of validation to it. I'm not, I don't know enough about it to speak on it. Um, for sure, if you're going down underneath 
and you're laying on that couch, you mm-hmm. better make sure the dude that's guiding you has his shit together. Yeah, I'll guide you, bro. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Wake up worse. <laughs> These are doctors. I'm talking about the doctor that you choose. You're, you're falling putting a, in a hole. You're well, falling you're, in a hole. You're putting a lot of trust in their dark. hands, for sure. Yeah. A yeah. lot of trust in their hands to guide you through the trauma. Yeah. So how do you find the right doctor? I have no idea. I don't even know how many doctors do this kind of stuff. I don't know. I, I do. There's more coming up. I mean, I do believe that the trauma, the topic of trauma, mm-hmm. getting them down there, there is an aspect of like, hey, you got to get back to the trauma. Kind of that like it gets you worse. Be- there. Yeah. Worse before it gets better yeah. type of thing. Like, hey, yeah. the only way you're going to get past this is you got to get back to it. And once you get back to it, we can find another way out. Because uh, do you think trauma happens more when you're a young child or I still try to wrap my head around that trauma feeling. You think when you're 40 years old, you can go through trauma? I think so. I think I feel like I went through trauma recently. The story that I was telling you about, like those, that six month period of every night and day sitting there knowing something, but not being able to actually know it for sure. Real trauma. I feel like it was traumatic to me, yeah. Hmm. And that's what's interesting about trauma Mm -hmm. is that there's no, like, um, barometer of, like, Mm -hmm. well, this is trauma because it's a level four or a level six. Well, it's based on who the person is that's going through it. I could go through something that you would feel like, dude, if I went through that, that's a level two. Yeah. It almost doesn't matter. Yeah anymore it's a weird phenomenon to think about because it's like hey if i'm going through it and it's traumatic for me i think that's what's wild about what they've discovered over the last five to ten years about trauma is that it's not just feeling it's not feelings it's actually like what you're saying neuropathways that get developed in your brain on how to cope and go through that trauma well people have like yeah people have different ways to kind of go through things and, and people do different things to go through things and yeah it just really kind of depends on where you're at in your life and and how it affects you and like what things stick around i think that's probably the the biggest thing is like what things stick around from that situation that make it traumatic right it's like i remember um when my brother passed like it was so is the night of July fourth, fireworks done, da 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 da. And I remember I was just down in my room, kinda of just chilling. I think I was probably getting high, stoned, smoking some weed, watching you live in trailer here in, park boys or something. Living here in Utah? Yeah, yeah, I was at my mom's house. Yeah. And um yeah, just chilling there. And one of the things that was really, really traumatic for me in that situation is hearing my mom scream the way she did. When she, you heard her find out? Mm-hmm. So I was out of my room just chilling, and then obviously they came to the house and told her. Mm. But hearing her scream the way that she did, like, that stuck with me for probably, shit, dude, that was, what, 2011? That probably didn't go away till like, it still doesn't go away, but probably, like, 2020? Of Of feeling... I mean, I can relate to that. No, just being able to. Well, no, fully identifying back just to fully, the feeling that you felt the first time you heard that. 
Yeah. Have you ever tapped into the time you heard that? Every time I boom, it brought think you right about back. It, I felt like I was in the room mm-hmm. and listening to it. Yeah. Is that how you define trauma? Something that brings you back into that moment whenever you think about it. Yeah. And that fe- you get the feeling and everything that comes along with it. I, I think so, yeah. Hmm. You know that Black Mirror episode where the doctor develops that little uh, yeah, hat? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then when he puts it on, he can feel yeah, yeah, yeah. what the patient's going through. Yeah. And so it made him a great doctor mm-hmm. because he knew... Like, yeah. oh, they're aching in their side. Yeah. He put the he hat on. He could identify what, what they were actually feeling. Mm-hmm. He could identify that. That would be amazing to have for trauma. Because <laughs> I would wonder, like, mm-hmm. put that hat on me. I don't have any trauma. Yeah. Like, dude, you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they put it on, there's just, like, crickets. Perfect. <laughs> what are you so sad about, dude? Get up. No, Go to that work. would be almost worse. That would be opposite. No trauma? There's nothing in here. Well, I just mean if it was a hat. Fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> no, the one I'm no talking feelings. about is if there was a hat that I could put on someone and they could be like, oh, this is your trauma. Because um, I don't even know if someone could identify their trauma. It, I mean, if you had gone through 10 well, years of different. And, and so that's part of the point of the shrooms. That's why people do that is because they don't. That's why those people do that is because they're not able to identify some of that trauma. Like me, the trauma that I have. I feel like I I've been able to identify it pretty well, and I because I've spent quite a few or quite a bit of time like trying to identify like, all right, what things kind of trigger me in my life now? Like anytime I get triggered, I'm like, why does why does that trigger me? And then I try to think back on my life and like you know go what, through. What that would stuff. be an example of something that triggers you now? Mm, not something necessarily I want to talk about. Like, the first thing that comes to my mind is not necessarily something I want to talk about in the pod, but um, let's see if I can find another one. Because you're basing it off something that brings you back to being of whatever that age it happened in. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be 10 years old. It could bring you back to 21 years old, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not even um, asking... Well, yeah, I was trying to... I was trying to I was trying to figure out how to to explain it without explaining the full thing. Um, yeah, like age and topic mm-hmm. and feeling. Well, because my because my one of my things is okay. So we'll, we'll just go from the the very beginning piece. I'm going to talk about it now. But I think one of my traumas that I that I still deal with like now as an adult is kind of inclusion. Um. Because I think we talked about it on the last pod, is like at a, at a young age from when I was like five, kindergarten I think it, yeah kindergarten, um, going out and seeing uh, my dad in California, and then going into a completely different environment. I didn't even know him, so um, never met him at all. That was the first time I ever met him because I already had my my real dad. Well. So I, I call my real dad my stepdad because he stepped in and right. he, he's raised me since then. Um, and so he's my real dad. So when I went out to go see um, my Mexican dad out in California, it was the first time I ever met him. I was like five or six or something like that. I went to school out there and immediately, like I was like the outsider, right? It's the first time I kind of felt that it was like everybody I met was like, you're not Mexican. You're right. a white kid. Da, 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 da. And then, and I didn't even notice it before then. And then when I came back, because I stayed out there for, 
I don't know, like a full summer or something like that. And you pick up things like now you're ingrained in the culture. So now like you, you start to do more things like within the Hispanic culture. And I came back out here and then it was, you're not white. You're, you're Mexican, Mexican kid. Yeah. yeah. So we'll hang out with you, but we're not going to invite you to the carne asada. We're not going to invite you to this or that. Like we'll hang out with you at school. It's kind of thing. So it's like that. We'll hang out with you when we want to hang out with you. That was traumatic? Um, yeah, I think there? so. I think so. Because I think that still kind of affects me to this day. And those are the pieces that I'm not going to, like, we won't talk about on the pod. Well, but that makes sense. Because we've had conversations about that off the pod. Uh, and I think that's I think that's where it started, where that piece kind of triggers me. And because we've had multiple conversations, like, even lately mm-hmm. about, like, like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's where that's a trigger point for me is, like, that inclusion thing. Interesting. Yeah. It's like, dude, if you want to be around me, then fucking include me. You know? Don't. Yeah. I don't know. I That's one thing that kind of triggers me. Yeah. It's like. Not being included. Yeah. It's like, I know at the end of the day, not everybody's going to be able to do everything you invite them to. Mm-hmm. But the, maybe invi- the invite is what matters. What's crazy is because it almost seems like you're you get more bothered by not being included in mm-hmm. something that you feel someone close to you should be inviting you to do. Yeah, like if you didn't get included by well, because those were my friends when I was the like when you're five or six and you go to school all day, and the only people you know is the kids at school and then your parents. You know, it's kind of like. The, those those are the close people to you, you know. Yeah, hmm, that's weird. Cause I like if you just go off the topic of like, it almost feels like you start with regrets, like oh I regret this happening mm-hmm. or I regret m- my own self doing something. I wonder if I just mean in my own life. Yeah, I'm like is that something I'm just like I super regret something I did. Like, oh, that was, I really screwed up. And when I think about that, you know, there's things that you're like, oh, I'm not healed up from that yet. Mm -hmm. Stuff I did to other people. Yeah. Like, I'm not healed up from that yet. I still feel guilt or shame or, you know, I feel bad. Um, Do you ever think about, like, why you did that thing? But some of them are when you're real young. And so that's what kind of. Uh, sparks my brain a little bit when you say that because I'm like, well, God, that happened when I was 13 years old. Yeah, if you're still thinking about it now, yeah, it's trauma. But some of it is like stuff that like, when I think about it, I just feel so, so bad. And I'm just talking about in context of things I remember that mistakes I've made or things I've said to people when when I was younger, there's only a couple things that when as as you're older now, you're like, gosh, like when you were talking about if you go back to 18, if I go back to 13 yeah. years old, I change. Kind of talk to this. I talked to this kid so mean. I oh. lost my temper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said some stuff that was so out of line. And it's bothered me to this day. So yeah. we're talking about it right now. Yeah. I don't know if that's trauma. Yeah, it'd be trauma. Because I'm not, I don't cry about it. I'm not, like, I don't. It doesn't have to, trauma, I don't think. It has to make you cry or make you, like, feel a certain way. But I think it trauma has to do with... The, I think the trauma that we're talking about has to do with 
how you live your life on a regular basis now, right? So maybe that that is a trauma because you're still thinking about it, obviously. So then you try to identify how does it affect my life now? I feel like I'd have to do more research into it. Not that – I just need to get more full context behind what you're saying. Yeah. Because <laughs> those are pretty gray socks. Almost ruined my life. <laughs> I don't know why I thought about that. I don't know. I guess you could go on this topic forever. I wish we had someone here that was ten times smarter than us. Like a doctor? Yeah. They could just tell With you a like PhD. That's not trauma, oh. dude. You're just sad. Like I guess that's the part. Like that's a there's, good idea. Well, there's this office episode you're where still just cutting it off. He says <laughs> he just who keeps was it? cutting it off. He's like, No. Who was it? I can't remember who it was from the office. You might even know the quote where he's like, depression, is that just a fancy way of saying I'm feeling sad? <laughs> I kind of feel that way sometimes, too. I'm like, gosh, I don't know where those lines are, dude. I don't know where the line is of like, it's very difficult to know what's the line of sad, depression, anger, and then all the way to trauma. I don't know. Yeah. You try to figure this stuff out. It almost seems like. You know why we don't know? Or, you know, my opinion, why we don't know? Is because nobody's given a fuck. Nobody's cared. There, the the we. I won't go into the whole medical field or 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 anything like that. But I think uh, mental health has been kind of pretty ignored or or pushed to the side for a long time. And they're not really. They're. It's almost like. Because back when I when when I was growing up, it, we laughed at like, um, mentals. Um, no therapists. You call them shrinks. Remember back in the day, they mm-hmm. shrink. You don't go to a fucking shrink unless you're, you know, it's crazy weirdo if you go to a shrink, right? So that was kind of like perception. Now it's starting to kind of roll a little bit more, and they're starting to understand like, hey, mental health is actually probably one of the most important things because yeah you can be fucking jacked but how many of these fucking dudes that are physically fit beyond belief end up fucking popping one in the dome mm-hmm. or killing their girlfriend or doing all this stuff it's like the mental health the mental is is huge man i think for sure the it's hard because some of those terms like mental health, mm-hmm. they've been overused so much in yeah. the last five years yeah. that it's almost a turnoff for like mental health. You're like, oh God, here we go again. Yeah. But I think for sure there's a separation between men and women when it comes to respect of mental health. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that from what I've seen, what I've read, and what I've heard people say mm-hmm. is that with <laughs> – there's the, all the equality talk that mm-hmm. that everybody wants right now. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it feels like if you're a dude, shut up. Tie your boots up, pull your pants up, and get to work. That's new? No, I don't think it's new. No, I just think that. Always been. I think that's the comparison, though, when you talk about mental health nowadays, yeah. Yeah. is that uh, good or bad, if you're a woman and you're talking about these things, it's a lot more valid. Than if you're a dude talking about these things, and I don't know if it's because you're a dude, you're a dude, but you don't get you don't have a support group of other dudes mm-hmm. because most are gay, gay <laughs> talking about your feelings. Oh yeah, yeah. talking about I was you like, know, you just, did you just like 
Like I think that's the reaction. Skip? <laughs> well, I just think that's the reaction of most most dudes, mm. uh, especially if they're not going through anything. Yeah. Is like, oh, you're all sad, and bro, we got bricks to lay and cars to sell and things to do, and mm-hmm. stop being so gay, dude. Get your pants up, go to work, let's go. Yeah. And I, I could be totally off base, but I don't think I am. Mm. That I just think that I think you're in a, uh, along the right line, right? Like I think it's it's just that's just what it's been known for. It's like, hey, you. I think as as a man, so and I'm speaking in general terms, but I don't mean this in general terms because I know there's a lot of women out there that take that role on and they and they they do great, right? They're they're put in situations where it's a single mother and she has to do everything and she does great, right? Um, there there's aspects of that certain. Um, route that you go that that you know you miss a little bit, but um, as a man, it's it's kind of the general idea of kind of when it comes to your feelings and your mental health, it it has been largely um, shut the fuck up, put your boots on, go to work, yeah, make sure you're taking care of your family. Um, if you're not, you're a piece of shit, you know. Um, if, if you're not doing certain things, then you're worthless. And that kind of goes back to the last episode too, of being useful. Mm -hmm. I think as a man, you always have that in the back of your head. Like you have to be useful. If you're not useful, then nobody wants you, you know? And I think, I think we skip over a big piece of acceptance. I think men in general want to be, um, accepted and like loved, and I think I can't remember the video that I saw, but it was a it was a guy doing basically like a stand up poetry, I guess. I guess you'd call it. I don't mm-hmm. remember. <clears throat> but he was saying, you know, most men don't ever feel unconditional love um, because it's always what is your use. Yeah. Like it's if you are useless, then bye bye. Like you're done. Like what are you doing? You're not doing anything. You're not being useful for anything so why are you here and i think it's much more common for um a man than i think it would be for a woman you know our i don't know our friendship i feel like is fairly different i call you you call me you know hey i don't expect you to call me I call you when I want to call you. You call me when you want to call me. I expect and, you to call and, me, and, just so you know. <laughs> and, and it's and it's fairly frequent, frequent, right? But I also have relationships where it's like, where are you? I haven't talked to you in a month. Like, where are you? And so that, I think, is the double-edged sword for me, is that kind of, yeah, Expectation, and the reason why I say that is because I've 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 thrown out the olive branch quite a few times. Like, hey, what's up? Hey, come over. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. And then you know it's never really reciprocated on the other end, and that's fine, hundred percent. But I think that's where going back to the video. That's where my healings come from. It's like, hey, if it's not there, it's not there. I'm gonna put my energy where it should be. Like, but I think that's also a little bit more of a lines into a more of a male perspective of it, it still stays in the lane of strap your boots up and go to work not strap your boots up and go to work but it's like hey if you're dealing with something 
figure it out inside of yourself. Figure it out, get over it, or get past it, yep. and and move past. Like you're you're gonna sit and talk to That's somebody fine. about it. Yeah, grab you know? your fucking nuts, stand up, and go do your shit. Mm-hmm. What happens when you can't? What happens when you can't? What happens when you're in a spot where you can't get yourself out of mentally and you're so sad and you're sitting in the dark room by yourself with a rope around your neck ready to go? What what happens then? What happens then? Get your ass up, grab your sack, and go to work? No. That's when people start saying how much they loved you and how much they missed you and how much they wish you were here and how much they wish you would have called and how much they wish... You would have done this, or you would have done this, you're or you would have done this. Once you're hanging from the tree branch, they're saying that. Yeah. What did you do? What did you do for the people that you say that you care about? Where were you in the times of the darkness, right? right. So that's what I mean by what he was saying is like, yeah, take responsibility for your own stuff, but also put responsibility where responsibilities do. I'm sick of this forgive everybody and everybody's cool and everybody's in my corner and all that shit. It's like, nah, if you weren't there, be a Kobe. Turn into a Kobe. If you weren't there shooting with me in the gym, why the fuck are you talking to me? Why are you here now? Why are you here now? If it was me and you, okay, and then let's say next week, you stop reaching out completely. I'm going to still reach out to you, but if when I do reach out to you, it's the the response aren't coming back the other way. One, I know our relationship is it's daily. Yeah, I talk to you daily. Um, so I'm gonna understand something's going on. If if I sh- if I didn't already understand something was going on before then, then I was kind of an idiot because I should have under I should have seen the darkness creeping up. Right. Right. Because. If you're that close with somebody, you should see darkness creeping up and you should be there when the person needs you, right? You should you should just self-identify that. If you care enough about the relationship, you should self-identify that. Mm-hmm. If it's a casual, like, hey, we talk like once every couple of weeks and we just kind of like hang out randomly, like the only thing we do is just go get drinks at the bar every once in a while playing pool. Yeah, it's probably a little bit harder to catch that uh, darkness creeping up. But that's what I'm saying. It's like... That's, but that's what I was saying though about having like rings mm-hmm. of of levels of friends. Yeah. Like, hey, dude, on level four. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm not. You know, I don't know what's. Dude going on level life. four has people on level one. True. Right. You know what I mean. So if you're on a level four with a dude, on a ring level four with a dude, that dude has other people that are level one. I guess what I mean more so is that those people should be. Engaged in that relationship and taking care of that relationship, those those people that are on level one. If I'm on level four, I don't know what's going on with you, dude. Like I don't. Yeah. So and you're all, but you're day, also not offended by you, those people when yeah. they don't reach out to you. Right, right, right. And so are you? But are you not offended no. when they don't reach out to you? Hmm. I have many friends right now, uh, a lot of friends right now that I haven't heard from in months. And if they called me tomorrow and said, "Hey, bro, you want to go get a beer?" I'm like, absolutely, dude. Let's go. So know your place, yeah, type of thing, yeah, you know, yeah. And I think maybe though and, that's where you know, like that's where, f- and that's people- why I hate. But I like what you said, like I, I hate rating them, like I hate putting them on like a like a rating system. But you're right; it's like 
you're not number four because I care about you less than somebody else. It's just that's where our relationship is. It's like, hey, you got you got people that you um, are with daily. Those are the number ones, dude. Right. Like those are the ones that should be helping you and taking care of you and and paying attention to how your life is going. But yeah. I've had people that I thought were number ones, and that's kind of where I bring up the the levels. Yeah. Is people that I thought or expected even to be a level one. Yeah. And you realize like, oh shit. Mm. They're not around at all. They're my they're level even... one, but they're or even to, you to you, me. Yeah. I'm a, I'm their level four. Yeah, but you thought you were both on level ones. Yeah, and to your example, like if you went off the grid for two weeks and I was really going through something, yeah, I'd be like, where were you, dude? I ex- you're a level one. I expected yeah. you to be here. A lot of that stuff happens. I've had lots of friends. They draw that I thought they were level one. They were yeah. level three now. Yeah. And not by anything they said, and not by anything I said to them. Just relationships they... change, dude. Yeah, Home changes, life changes. Like, like that's what I mean. That's why I had a hard time with like ranking, like going level one, level two, level three. Is because it's like it's not anything that anybody did. It's just a level three could be a level one again in six months. I agree. It's like it's like it just it's just where it, where it's going in your life, and like what what of time availability is there. So. I don't know. I I definitely have love for all the people in my life. Um, I'm there more for some than I am for others. And I think I've, I've been trying to, me personally, like I said, I've been trying to be there for the people that are showing me that they want to be there. I've been trying to match that energy. That's where I'm at now. Is I'm matching energy. Like I'm, I'm like I'm just matching energy because energy is sacred, time is sacred. Like all this stuff is sacred. I'm gonna match your energy. If I don't hear from you for you know a month or so, like cool, that's fine. Okay, I'll, I'll hear from you when I hear from you. But if you don't hear from me in that same time, don't get bitter about it. Suck it up, buttercup. Cool. So I that. agree completely with where you're at right now. Yeah. And I actually think I'm in the exact same situation. Mm-hmm. The difference, though, when I was younger mm-hmm. was I would reach out to those people. Always. Always. I mean, if it had been eight months, I'd yeah. be like, dude, where you been? Let's yeah. go hang out. Yeah. And nowadays, I'm a little more like, dude, mm. where you been? Yeah. See, that's the that's what I'm saying. That's, you know? the, that's, the, that's the difference. So the first, and it's it's kind of like what we were talking about uh, yesterday. It's like just changing a little bit of like tone or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a, dude, where you been, bro? I haven't seen you forever. Like, let's get together. Or, dude, where have you been? Yeah. I haven't seen you forever. But that's it's what like, I think drops you down. I thought you were a one. Mm-hmm. Bloop. Yeah. You've gone to a two. Yeah. Not that a two is any worse, yeah. but I I guess that rating that I keep talking about yeah. is essentially what I'm talking about is closeness. Yeah, dude, I have my uncle in the bay. I probably have talked to him five times in the last 10 years. But the relationship that we have, I feel like if I was in California and stranded and I was in the Bay, yeah. I hit him up. Yeah. He's not a level one. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's there's no right or wrong of how you base it. I got you. I guess what I put a level one is like, this is the people that I share my life with every day. They share their life with me. And th- mm. because of that, those are the people I feel like they got yeah. my back. So maybe no, those I, are my I, level twos then. Well, I know I could call my uncle up yeah. in a in a crisis, yeah. and he'd have my back. Yeah. That, in my opinion, that doesn't make him a level. Yeah. 
one type of person in my I life. I'm getting your ranking system done now. I'm I'm, I'm kind of getting it. So those those I'm, guys are like maybe my my level twos then. I'm spitting it out mm-hmm. on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't anything like I. These are people you see every week, no matter what. You talk to every, at least Not every other day. Every, yeah, like you yeah, just, just you, you know, they're involved in your life. You, you they're constantly. They know, dude. They know if you fucking, you know, uh, they know who you're dating, you know, what workouts you're trying, new hobbies you're doing. Like they know all of that shit as it's kind of happening. Yeah, medium though, because some of that stuff is like work friends. What like, the fuck are you talking? <laughs> Get the f- pot over, dude. Get the fuck out of here. Pot over. You don't understand. Dog. Get the fuck out of here. RFK, baby. RFK, let's RFK go. RFK Junior. Yeah, baby. yeah, yeah. RFK, I hate politics. Bye. <laughs> For my real fans. <laughs>